You are listening to the Steady Hands Barber Club because the best. What is up, you guys? <laughs> That's not it. <laughs> hey, guys. Uh, welcome back to the Steady Hands Barber Club. Uh, I'm your host, Eddie. Uh, with me, as always, Jacob and Patrick. Yo. What up, players? <laughs> <laughs> we have a special Get episode today with uh, Bart Chen of Mizutani Shears. He's a sharpener. He is an incredible craftsman. Yeah. We have a bunch of questions lined up for him. Yeah. Um, we're super excited to have him on. Yeah. And without further ado, let's uh, let's get into it. Jump right in. Oh. <laughs> Hello? Hey, Jacob? Hey, Bart. How you doing? Good. How are you? Sorry, I missed your call. I was on the other line. We were just nerding out about uh, some scissors real quick. So, But yeah, I got you. You're, uh, you're, I'm all yours, man. Awesome. Hang on. Let me just... Uh, we're just doing a sound check right now. Okay. Uh, I can probably jump onto my laptop audio, which probably sounds better. How, how is it right now? Are you on your you're on your phone, yeah? Yeah, I'm on my phone right now. Oh, as long as you're how does it sound, Eddie? It sounds far away. You should uh turn him up. Okay. Let me see if my computer audio is better. Let's see, how do I switch over to this this time? Uh, as long as you're not on speakerphone and you're not in a room that's too metallic. How how is this? Better. better. Um Better. Turn it up a little bit, though. Do you guys have any experience with uh, how the AirPods would sound? Because I have those, too, if that helps. No, that's... I'm at 10. Well, yeah, yeah. that's I could hear our echo. Try. All right, now we say words. Eddie, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How about now? Can you hear me now? No. All right. What? Yeah, I think that's... That's good. Are you, You're on your laptop still, yeah? Yeah, I'm still my laptop. Okay, Show. yeah, that's yeah, good. That's perfect. Per- that's perfect. Yeah, yeah. No, it's actually yeah, really sweet. good right now. Bart, you're in San Francisco, right? Uh, pretty close. Um, it's in a city called South San Francisco, which is actually a different city. But ballpark, yeah, I'll, I'll just leave it at San Francisco. <laughs> Make it easy for folks. Gotcha. Yeah, dude. Uh, how has the fires been? Uh, not that they've been like how they've been like something like they've been good right. or something but yeah how what's what's been going on that hello hello sorry yeah i couldn't couldn't hear your last question what was it oh i'm saying how's the status on the fires uh i think they're moving up towards that 100 percent mark but you know Oof. when it first started it was zero percent for a few what feels like a few days, so it's definitely slow progress. I mean, when you have what 650 fires, like you, it's a big challenge. So it's definitely ongoing right now. We're still smelling smoke just about every morning. Clears out by the end of the day, but uh, it's it's a it's a process for sure. Yeah, man, that's crazy. Like I, it's, when I visited my um, uncle uh, in that area, we had. It was in like the San Francisco Bay area and in like near Redwood City and all around there. Uh, and yeah, that's, uh, yeah, I remember like a lot of those really beautiful forests. And he, he was sending me these charts of like, yep, all that area, just like fires went through it. 
and it's it's yeah. just a tragedy, man. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it's it's a little sad because I mean, any any kind of like natural disaster is like pretty heartbreaking, right? But mm-hmm. in terms of how close it got this time, yeah, it's a lot closer compared to last year, which is like an hour and a half away, and it those those fires never really hit like south of you know that that area which is up north uh so redwood city is like south of me and then that's extending all the way to santa cruz which is basically an hour 20 minutes south so that huge complex is just kind of like oh my gosh what what times are we living in right now it's, it's definitely uh <laughs> it's like uh the next logical addition to 2020 i guess yeah right. yeah man yeah so it's crazy but you know uh i don't think a lot of people there's definitely people who are displaced but i think for the most part casualty wise like looking on the bright side it's, it's pretty low what a way to start an interview <laughs> <laughs> kind of grim huh yeah yeah no i was just asking because like yeah things things are rough out there man I'm, I'm sorry about that yeah yeah no worries um on the bright side in terms of like talking about hair mm-hmm. uh, i think today or yesterday uh governor newsom just basically said okay um you guys are free to open back up indoors uh if i recall correctly uh we're allowed to operate um i think it was something like 25 percent capacity mm-hmm. i mean which is definitely pretty far from 100 percent. but um in terms of going from zero to a positive yeah definitely uh helping out the industry survive in these rough times. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's good. It's progress. Hey, Bart. It's progress for sure. Yep. This is Eddie. Um, oh, yeah. We met, we <laughs> hey, met at the barber show. Um, I just want to know if you can hear me okay. Because I think yes, I'm the farthest one from... Okay, cool. You just gotta, we just got to leave. I have this thing where I like going all the way really close to the phone whenever we're recording and so i pick up double audio all right you should be good yeah 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 Yeah, okay huh well bart if uh let's start out with like what a little bit of history about mizutani um because i've uh seen the little bio and the little history piece uh from your guys's website and it's super interesting Mm -hmm. Uh, especially because of how long you guys have been around. It's 1929, if I'm correct. 1921. So we're next year's going to be the hundredth year, and so uh, we are planning something special. There is actually oh shoot, sorry, entries are actually just ended. Uh, there's like a hundred year contest. If you submit photos uh, and then you end up winning, you actually get to go to Japan uh, for free, basically. Um, but uh yeah so as far as like history heritage wise goes um the first scissor maker uh so mizutani is actually a family name Mm -hmm. Uh, i forget the name of the first uh family member who started making the scissors but he was actually a both a sword maker and a barber and so because he's like okay you know i'm cutting hair but i'm not satisfied with these uh these shears that I'm using, let me just go ahead and make my own. So that's kind of like the simple version of uh, the start of that. Um, fast forward three generations later, uh, you've got our CEO, uh, Hirokazu Mizutani. 
Um, so he's the third generation in terms of uh, the scissor makers today. From Mizutani, uh, what else is there really? Uh, just to give you an idea of like the iterations, how many iterations one particular scissor. So our first model was called the Blacksmith Solid, and if you go to the website, you can actually still see that you know we carry that line basically. Mm-hmm. So in terms of how many iterations it's gone through in the last almost a hundred years, th- that model that you see is the fifth like mark five basically mark five so that is the that will probably carry on you know for forever basically mm-hmm. considering it's you know the first model of scissor that they they've had throughout the years that's awesome uh i didn't know that uh that's kind of cool samurai and barber mm-hmm. rolled into one <laughs> yeah almost sounds like an anime huh seriously dude yeah, yeah okay yeah and on the hundredth on the hundredth year of the company, they they reimbue the spirit of the, <laughs> someone into those years. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna get uh, some uh, some spirits beaming out of each scissor, huh? <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, Bart, how uh, long have you been a, a uh-huh. shear sharpener? Say again. How long have you been a shear sharpener? Since 2013, so it's going on about seven years now. That's a that's a pretty long while. Um, I brought up the fact that we met you at um, the hair show in Alabama that we went to, um, and you you have a, like there's a process right to be a Mizutani certified um, shear sharpener. Like, can you walk us through that a little bit? Like how you started, yeah. why you got into it, like what drew you to it. Oh, so definitely by chance. Um, I, in addition to sharpening shears, was actually just cutting my friend's hair uh, for the longest time. And I said, I was actually just struggling with shears one day. And I said, you know, these aren't the best. Uh, I just kept on pushing hair. It was taking a while to get through the top work. And I said, you know, I just need some better shears. And so I just hit up uh, Mizutani on Instagram. Uh, and I said, hey, you know, what are you guys doing? Uh, I'm actually looking for some better shears. So I met up with uh, Ilona. Uh, and Ilona is uh, Kiyoshi's wife. Kiyoshi is the exclusive distributor within North America. And they happen to live in San Francisco. Hmm. And as I was buying shears from them, I said, hey, do you guys need any help? And they said, okay, yeah, just, uh, you know, we'll talk. And then through through some months of talking, we eventually agreed to kind of move forward with the next step, which was to train at the factory. Um, and so that was, what, like about two years ago? In 2018, they, they brought me to the factory uh, in Japan, which is in uh, Chiba. It's a prefecture within, I don't know if prefecture is the right word, sorry, uh, geography in in different countries, it's a little difficult uh, or just different. Right. Um, but yeah, Chiba, Japan is uh, part of Tokyo uh, is where the factory is. And so I spent about a month in Japan uh, just hanging out, sharpening, and then just learning the way that they did it. And man, I, I got to hand it to you, to them, I mean, sorry. Uh, the the process, the way that they do it, I mean, there's a lot of similarities, but the the efficiencies and the simplicity of their method is just so, you know, it, it, 
I don't know. Imagine you're doing a fade and then you just see someone skip guard and you're like, oh my God, I didn't need all those guards. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. kind of like seeing that uh, transition, uh, but seeing the result of the, the work is like, oh my God, this just makes so much more sense. Um, so anyways, uh, the rest of the process, at the end of it, they basically just hand you a scissor that they just damage in front of you. They just kind of clang it on another piece of metal which is, you know, kind of heartbreaking from a, from a sharper perspective, but they just do that and they just hand it to you and say, all right, go ahead and take care of it. And then they just kind of judge your skill, the quality of your your work. And then they say, okay, certified or you're not certified. Huh? That is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome too. So do you, do you still do hair as well? Uh, these days during the pandemic, I'm, pretty selective but the short answer is yes sweet that's awesome did you all like how long did you like dabble or like are you licensed professional did you like what did you do before you became a shear sharpener so yeah i've never been licensed so i was never a professional barber (gasps) or hairstylist um always just been kind of doing it on the low uh for family and friends Mm -hmm, before mm -hmm. i was a shear sharpener uh i was actually uh this is uh very different but uh i worked at a biotech company and i was basically uh quality control associate so you're like what the hell is that um it's not you know we're not testing the drugs like by tasting it or anything but <laughs> uh, we're injecting it into ourselves but basically um anything that makes it to market uh as approved by the fda has to go through clinical trials uh, and if you're, if you're releasing drug to the public, whether it's for tr- clinical trial or like a consumer use, um, you, you gotta, you gotta do batch testing, right? So each yeah. batch that gets produced, you need to perform an analysis and you've got like a crap ton of tests because huh. it's gotta be safe. It's gotta be efficacious, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's like a checklist that you need to meet. Right. So, um, but, you know, like, that sounds fancy and all, but we're just glorified monkeys. We just, like, take a tube of this, put it into this machine, and then it reads your results, and then you need to uh, interpret the results, and then just report it, basically. Yeah. Is Dude, it good to go? Is it not good to go? So Bar- that's, that's basically it. That's what I did. Yeah, Bart, just from hearing that, it sounds like you're a very detail-oriented person, which makes your job as a shear sharpener just so perfect. Like we've received your work that you've uh, like done for us and sent back, and yeah. it's it's we love it, dude. Awesome. Yeah, we recently <laughs> got our shears back from you. What like a couple weeks ago? Uh huh. Yeah, dude, uh, you are incredible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, that definitely puts a smile to my face, guys. Thank you so much. Well, no, no, man. <laughs> it's just like, like okay, <laughs> phone calls <laughs> over. All right, thank that's been so, been a good uh, podcast. So me to buy you guys some drinks so thank you thank you for that i appreciate the compliment um yeah but yeah no i mean in, in terms of being detail oriented like it's definitely a point of pride for me um and uh it it, it is like if, if i were to ever train a sharpener like those are definitely that that one trait is is very valuable to me so it's it's uh you know the, the, the devil is in the details and that's why these products are so great coming out of the factory and so I, I definitely try to embody that whole mentality of like, dude, these little things matter, so you can't skip anything. Mm-hmm. So, um, how often do you go back to Japan? 
Mm, or back so in the past. they originally requested for me to go back every two years, but I said, you know what, let me go back every year. Uh, and, you know, before this whole COVID thing, I was hitting that mark. Um, so my goal is to go just about once a year to, to retrain or learn new things. Um, going forward, well, that's to be determined. <laughs> mm-hmm. Look, all I picture is you going to Japan and really having, like, you know, going into a a dojo and there's just, like, a bunch of silent people watching you. You know, like, super cinematic. <laughs> yeah. What's you know, that? I wish it was that glamorous. It would just <laughs> kind of, like... <laughs> it would it would definitely fit that description if uh if if you're just kind of thinking about it it's it's definitely less gra- glamorous than that imagine like uh well, what kind of factories have you guys been to uh yeah if if any well okay well back when i was a jeweler's apprentice they sent us down to their main distributing area for like the materials and like gold and silver and such and there i've seen a factory like we went through we were in hard hats and such yeah it's basically that uh, okay yeah i've seen so i've seen a factory i've seen a factory i've seen a factory humming uh dudes just like being silent just really focused on whatever tasks they're doing right yeah yeah so it's a lot like that it's uh, if it was in a dojo with nice bamboo wood smells all around <laughs> it'd be totally cool um, but you're you're talking about like fluorescent lights. You're talking about metal walls. You're talking about metal powder flying through the air. Green paste, polishing paste, just all over the place, uh, and like just constant humming, humming, burring, blah, 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 um, buffing. Uh, so just kind of like those vibes. <laughs> Not so much dojo, unfortunately, but it's it's definitely got its own charm to it. That's for sure. Do you um, as what like what is your title? Do you just go? Like, when people ask you what you do, do you say Shear Sharpener? Or is there a specific, like, title? Hmm. Hmm. Uh, Yeah, I I guess the title is kind of, like, my discretion. Um, The way I would phrase it is Certified Sharpener. Uh, As far as the way that Mizutani would prefer, yeah, they kind of just let me run with it. Um. Because it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty simple. Shear sharpener, certified shear sharpener, um, just Bart. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, there's just, yeah, there's, there's not much, like, officiality to it as it stands. Well, I only bring that up because, um, like, what you do is a craft. Like, mm-hmm. um, I've seen your Instagram. You go through this, like, uh, you, you post pictures of the process. And if... Uh, if people haven't followed you, they definitely should. Because mm-hmm. um, the photos you take of the process, the shears, like that super magnified, you know, uh, close up you do of the edges, is incredible. And we'll put your uh, Instagram in the in the description for the episode, so everybody can go follow you. But it is a process, and like the way you know. You're, like Jacob said, you're very detail-oriented, so these magnified shots of little nicks and, like, scratches and stuff, you put yeah, the and before I'm, and the after. And I'm looking at that, like, there's no way he's going to get that out. And then and then you do. So it's it's uh, from one craftsman to another, like, just looking at it, like, I just, I appreciate that. I really like it. You've got a great aesthetic going on. It's very complete. 
It's like, and it shows all your work. Just it's right there. Most of the time when we see shear sharpeners, we just hand it off to like before Yeah. we would hand it off to some guy. He would go to his truck. He'd come back and it's like, well, I guess they're better. Yeah. Like we've <laughs> had, better, yeah. yeah, we've had I, with I mean, you. I can feel yeah, it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, definitely appreciate the uh, the 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 compliments. Uh, definitely, you know, my my goal is not only to like give you a good service, but you know, from the page is what can drive a better knowledge base. Because you know, I I I, I go door to door a lot. Um, uh, pre pre COVID, a lot more. But the mm-hmm. point being is that. You know, I would start to try to explain what's wrong with people's shears. And then they said, I, I don't know what you're talking about. They just give me this blank stare. They might pretend to know. Every so often, you might get someone who comes across like, oh, actually, my previous sharp burner did tell me this. And they paid, They have paid attention. But for the most part, there's just like a gap in the knowledge base of, you know, because if I'm communicating to my client, I want them to be informed. Right, but the language is just not there. So what I'm trying to do through the page is try to kind of bridge that gap. Like, all right, you know, what's going on with your blade geometry right now? Do you have a full convex? Do you have a semi-convex, aka a micro bevel? Uh, your grip polish is quite poor right now. Like your last sharpener didn't do a good job getting rid of these scratch marks. Like all these linguos and jargon, like it's it sounds like another language to a lot of people that I come across. So. I'm really just trying to give folks an opportunity to learn if they really want to. Um, truthfully told, the majority of people who are like, okay, this is maybe too much. So I actually don't go into that in person. So I just try to keep it simple. But for those who follow me and like want to learn more about that, I definitely try to you know, help educate people so that I'm not like trying to attract people to me to get sharpening uh, from me. I mean, from a business standpoint, great. I would love to help you out. But I'm trying to help people who don't know what's going on. It's like going to a car mechanic. They could just like spill out a bunch of, you know, BS in front of you, overcharge you, and you just be like, okay, I have no idea what you just said to me, but I'm going to put my trust in you. And that can go one of two ways, right? You know, they're actually trying to help you or B, they're trying to rip you off. So it's just that kind of um, interaction that I'm trying to assist in. Like if you go to a sharpener, this guy will – you know, try to try to BS you. He might be honest. He might not be. He might have good intentions. He might not be. So I'm just trying to, you know, how about the community uh, in, in that sense, basically. And you bring up a good point. The crazy thing is uh, shears are like such a big main tool in what we do. You know, it's usually like shears and clippers for barbers. And when we were in barber school, um, they told us, you know, they made us take apart our clippers and showed us the intricacy. And, you know, they taught us the basics of shears, but I feel like everyone just kind of throws that out the window um, mm. when when they leave barber school. Like, you know, we we took tests and stuff like that when they're about um, the edges and concave and all that stuff. And then, like, we get out of barber school and it's like, we'll just hand it off to the sharpener. Like, that's it. But, mm-hmm. you know, it, you'd think that there'd be more more of an importance placed on such a big piece of the pie of what, you know, you do in your craft. Like, that is a main tool. 
Hmm. I feel like it's it get it gets overlooked so often. You know. Yeah, I would agree. Um, even even folks who use shears on a daily basis, they don't know. Like I'm talking about stylists who go through cosmos school. Majority of them uh, will actually not be able to tell me about their shears either, right? So imagine imagine that frequency of use and the knowledge base gap there compared to barbers who are you know on average yeah using clippers more than shears that knowledge gap has got to be even even bigger i imagine right so it is like it's not your job as a barber that like i can totally understand why they skip over right it's there's a couple of things right you're it's not your job to know 100 percent about shears you're not a shear salesman you're not a sharpener that's not your job your job is to give your client the best cut possible right um so it it I can understand that piece of it. And there's also the fact that um, up until like the last, what, 10 years, barbering has mostly been clipper based, right? So I I, I don't see, I I see how it's now changing and now more and more barbers are getting into shears, right? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's probably time for the schools to start evolving too, if they haven't started already. Thank you for, uh, this is Patrick, by the way. Uh, sometimes I hey, sneak Patrick. in and ask questions, but most of the time I just sit here. Um, <laughs> so I have a couple of questions around what you do, um, like day in the life stuff. And compared to barbering, um, you know, there's a saying like you're you're never going to be rich, but you're not going to be poor. And uh, you can always make a decent living doing this. Um, mm-hmm. Is this something that you do full time or is this something that you do on the side? Like what's your day in the life look like? Yeah. Um, so to sum it up, it is a very much full time career, uh, that I've actually, you know, if you heard that I wasn't previously in biotech, that's definitely a decent living benefits, the whole shebang bang. But, uh, I did transition into like a part-time role doing the sharpening and then now it's just become so part of so such a big part of my uh, time in the day that yeah it, it's definitely a full time thing. Uh, I'm able to support myself uh, and you know even pay a mortgage in the Bay Area. That's that's something to say. But I mean you know I'm not doing it myself. I've, I've got a girlfriend. She she makes decent money too. Uh, but yeah, in terms of like a financial perspective, it's definitely uh, realistic. Right. And the fact that it's pretty like not pretty niche, it's very niche. Right. I when I whenever I meet someone for the first time, they're like, what do you do? I'm like, oh, shit, here we go. Um, (laughs) I I, I fucking sharp. Can I cuss? Yeah, man, you could do whatever you want. (laughs) The First Amendment still applies here. Right. Um, Well, yeah. You know, sharpen shears that uh, that barbers and stylists use. I try to, like, make it relatable. I'm like, yeah, so you get your hair cut. Right. Like, okay, so the person who cuts your hair. Uh, they need sharp tools, so I'm the guy who does that, who takes care of their tools, basically. And they're like, oh, okay, you know. But and anyways, um, in, in terms of like a daily, uh, what 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 a day in the life of a sharpener looks like, um, on average, uh, I'll just kind of describe like, because uh, my mine is a little bit different. Um, I I get to service the entire North America. Uh, via the mail, right? So there's a part of that that you know deals with mailing and stuff, 
But from a guy who goes door to door, which I also partially do still, um, so as a sharpener, you're going to go get your vehicle and then you're just going to drive, right? It could be close, it could be far. I go as far as like an hour and a half away to Santa Cruz or Santa Rosa. So that's both north and south. Um, uh, so, yeah, you're driving some distance. You're hitting up shop after shop. You're talking to client after client. Um, so imagine if, you know, you guys are cutting hair, but um, you guys are still able to operate in your shop. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we are. Yeah, we are. Okay. So, you know, during the pandemic, you know, there's actually a lot of barbers and stylists in the Bay Area California, who are now, I'm not going to say any names, but because that's, yeah, it's, it's a little, it's kind of illegal right now to do yeah. cutting hair. You don't want to uh, narc But anyways, <laughs> the point is like, those folks are now experiencing what I'm, what I've been experiencing yeah. or any other sharpener who travels uh, is, has been experiencing uh, that, yeah, you just got to go to where your clients are. You got to go to where the work is, right? So for me, my format uh, of how I operate the business is I pick up the shears from all my clients. I bring it all back to the shop. I sharpen it all up. And then, uh, some days later I drop it back off. Uh, and basically that's, that's like the gist of it. Um, so I might, I might be traveling for, let's say like three, four hours. I bring it all back. Uh, I sharpen it. Um, and then I just chill the rest of the day. So that's, that's the basic, uh, operating flow, uh, for someone like me actually. So, uh, in terms of bringing back to the, the mailing portion of it. Yeah. I, I, I go to the mailbox and I pick up whatever shears might be there and then I ship it back out once they're done. So that's, that's the other part of the operation. Huh. So what would you yep. say your percentage is like, are you doing more mail-in stuff or are you driving around more right now? Uh, pre pandemic, it was definitely more traveling to pick it up. Um, but going forward, uh, there's definitely been a shift in that percentage wise. So mail-ins is probably taking over just a tad bit for now. Mm-hmm. Um, so numbers wise, I don't have an exact number for you, but that's the general flow of, uh, trends yeah what a what a time it would have what a perfect time it would you know it has been to send your shears off especially when all the shops are closed Mm -hmm. you know you didn't have to worry about using your backup pair you just you know (laughs) boop in the mail it goes yeah and i still ended up waiting until (laughs) after we we, our georgia was off of lockdown to send them (laughs) like oh i'll I'll send them in soon how does a package work Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a it's a thing, right? Some a lot of folks are just kind of accustomed to folks, uh, sharpeners. I mean, just coming into the shop, giving you service, and and that's that, right? You you there's yeah no there's there's definitely a huge uh, market still to be tapped in terms of like the mail in sharpening because uh, at the end of the day you're you're putting your investments into the postal service or, you know, whatever career. So mm-hmm. that's like your investment going out. Yep. You're spending time away from it. It may not come back the same. You just don't know. Um, so that's like a lot of the hesitation that, you know, goes through uh, a client's mind for the first few times, especially. Right. So yeah. definitely have had uh, some amount of conversations just like, Hey, don't worry. Like this is me, right. You're in good hands. So that's, that's, <laughs> 
that's another part of the job that you don't always think about, right? Mm -hmm. It's like going to a mechanic. I hate to use this analogy all the time, but when you first visit a mechanic, you're like, do I trust you? You know what you're doing? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So. Yeah, Bart, I wish so many more people could meet you in person because so much of that was any sort of worry about the care of my shares were kind of just whisked away just by like, you know, hopefully through this podcast, like more people can hear about you and know that you're like a great guy for sharpening. Because when I met you in person, it was exactly that. It was like, all right, this guy knows what he's talking about. Like you, you talked us through shears. There's so many shears out there that I, and I was just asking specific questions and uses for them. And like, and you answered all my questions. (laughs) You know, it's like yeah. Well, I felt kind of bad because we kept hounding you at your uh, oh yeah at your booth. <laughs> we kept going yeah. back. And what about this I mean, one? I, I enjoy your guys' company. You guys are great dudes, and you know, you guys. There's definitely folks who are like too much, but I mean, you guys just brought a chill vibe to it. You guys were curious, and I love. I just love answering questions as yeah, far man. as like scissors wise goes. Um, so yeah, I mean, it. it <laughs> you guys are always welcome back to the booth. That's for sure. I appreciate that. Which, uh, which brings me into a question which bugs me all the time and I think about. And if it, I'm asking this, I'm wondering if it's even a real thing. Like, what's the difference between a, a wet shear and a dry shear? Or like for uh, wet cutting and dry cutting? Uh, yeah, okay, so... Is there a real difference between like, those? There, 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 is, there is an answer to that. Um, so when you're talking about... It, it mostly stems from the hairstyling or a cosmetology point uh-huh. of view, where you first want to build a shape during the wet stage, uh, and then as you're giving your haircut the final polish, it is during the dry stage, right? You've blow dried, uh, you know, applied any product you might have needed. So during the wet stage, you tend to be cutting straight lines a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So generally speaking, you're going to need a thinner blade. Uh, not sorry. Uh, okay, so the word thin in my mind needs some, means something else. So I'm just gonna say narrow, like a pointy beak, right? Okay. So that that's going to be more maneuverable, and you're just trying to cut a straight line. So the other part of that being able to cut a straight line is having a straight blade edge, not so much a curved edge, if that makes sense. Uh, so trying to be precise in building your shape is gonna make the rest of your haircut a lot easier, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, So a wet shear will essentially have those properties, it being a little bit more narrow and the edge being a little bit more straight because you are trying to be, again, more precise, right? So some people might say like precision haircut. So those are definitely going to look super short, super narrow with a super straight edge. Uh, A dry cutting shear, contrast to the uh, wet shear, you're going to have generally a wider blade especially towards the base um the other property that you might see in a dry cutting shear is the edge is now round right so if you open up the scissor right you're not quite seeing a straight uh shape to the edge it's a little bit more round reason being is that you're going to do one of two things if you're doing shear over comb uh a rounder blade shape towards the center of the blade uh, that's actually going to assist in the shear over comb aspect of it. It, it does help you uh, with that. The, the exact mechanics of it, I won't get into. Uh, just know that it, you know that's the result. Um, 
but also the curvature of the blade also helps you slide the hair towards the tip. So, uh, you know, you open up the blade, uh, even when you close the blade, the rounder shape towards the tip mm-hmm. actually creates a wider cutting angle. Sorry if this is getting too technical or nerdy. No, this is perfect. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that will essentially help you slide during the, the dry cutting stage too. So long story short, there is a difference and you know it, it is heavily based on the blade geometry of of each year dude i want to get Does into answer your that. question yeah that, you know you did yeah, dude you knocked you it did. out of the park because it's making me just i i i regularly uh window shop and uh heavily thumb uh your instagram page you know <laughs> just like you know just looking through and looking at all the different shears and like, I should buy this one. I should buy this one. And I'm, and I'm never, and, and that's why I, you know, I loved being there in person because being able to just like tactile, just like feeling all of them and actually cutting with them too. That, mm-hmm. that really helps too. But like, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I want to buy more shears. <laughs> Holler at me. I got you. I got you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which, uh, I have just one more question about, well, we have a lot of questions about shears, but I've got one. It's like, there's some, like the, like the, I think there's one called the puffin. Mm-hmm. And which is like, it looks like a puffin's beak. It looks super like stocky. Mm-hmm. What would, what would that one, would just by looking at that, I would think, huh, that one seems like it would cut through a lot of bulk. Is that what the function of that one is? Um, or what is... The... It, it can, uh, but there's a better tool for cutting through bulk. Uh-huh. Um, but just to give you a more complete answer around the puffin. So the puffin is essentially a type of hybrid shear. It can cut both wet and dry. Okay. Um meaning its tip is quite narrow right if so if you're doing if you're trying to cut a straight line with just the tips you know it's straight enough to to do that uh where it widens out towards the base is going to increase uh its sliding ability so if you recall when i was describing a wet cutting shear you typically will see wider blades so that's that's the puffin it is it's, it can cut both wet and dry but it excels at dry cutting techniques, slide cutting, uh, shear of a comb even. Uh, a blunt chop is actually quite powerful in the puffin. Mm-hmm. Um, but to answer your question, you know, is it a good tool to do that? It is a good tool, but there's a great tool uh, in the Z family, either the Z1 or the Z2. For me, that is the king of removing bulk in a quick fashion for sure. Mm. That help? That yes. does help. That does help. Yeah, it kind of. Okay. I mean, that that question also leads me into like another one. It's like when people are wanting to buy their first shear, um, mm. I I feel like it's it's very suited to the person's needs. Like, what do they do? What do they cut mostly? What style do they work in? But mm-hmm. is there an all round just, it, just a general just a general shear that you would point someone to if they're looking to buy from Mizutani? Yeah, like a like a shear that, you know, does a little bit of everything that's that's versatile enough. So if, even if you didn't know exactly what the person did, you would be comfortable in being like this try this one. Yeah, or if they're just starting out in their career and they really don't know where they 
want to end up, but you know, just a just a sheer. Uh, okay, so from that perspective of someone just starting out, like this person not trying to blow the bank. Mm-hmm. Uh, this person is just trying to get to know the brand and to give them like a really complete experience. Uh, I would definitely start off, you know, within that price range, which sits about, what is it now? About 600. Mm-hmm. So that gives us a few options. Um, one of them being the blacksmith fit. Uh, that's actually the shear that we actually sent to some schools, Bellis Academy, mm-hmm. uh, SFIEC up here in the Bay area. But they use the blacksmith fit, uh, I believe it's a five and a half or six inch. Um, but basically, it's an all-around shear. It's low-priced. It's got a dial screw. So if you happen to lose your tension key, which a lot of people don't even know their shear comes with, um, you can just twist the knob to adjust your tension as necessary. Um, so the fit is actually one of our top-selling overall shears. And you know people when they buy the first one or get the first one from school, they hang on to that thing for forever, basically. Mm. So in terms of its testament to its longevity, that, you know, that's evidence of that to me. Uh, so yeah, blacksmith fit is definitely a great starter shear. Uh, for those who prefer a little bit of an even handle situation, they can go for the, uh, retro, uh, blacksmith, blacksmith retro, which is essentially, uh, do you guys know what even handle means? Yeah, 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 when it doesn't have, like, a lower thumb hole. Exactly, yeah. So it's a They're way just side by offset, side. It's like a classic uh, look. Yeah, your thumb's closer to the blade's side. Um, yeah, if people are looking for that kind of experience, who have a more retro feel, I hate to uh, use that as a pun in any sense. That's not a pun. Um, a, a more classic feel, mm-hmm. um, because barber shears used to be even-handled, right? Um they they can go for the retro, which is the same price range as the the fit. In fact, it, I think it's the same price, six hundred dollars. Um, so there's also those who have petite hands. Uh, so the blacksmith uh, Twiggy is essentially the same material, the same blade uh, shape, similar blade shape. Sorry, as uh, blacksmith fit. Um, oh, actually, sorry, I should also add one more to the mix. It's called the Ichi Nano Sun, and that just means one, two, and three mm-hmm. uh, in Japanese. Um, that is an essentially a starter kit. So you get a wet shear, a dry shear, uh, and two kinds of texturizers. Um, individually, they would cost $600, but if you buy the package deal, it uh, comes out to, what, like 1600 so you're saving about 800 bucks for that if you're looking Yo. to invest in the whole kit. So that is the best value within our collection by far. Um, but yeah, if you're looking individually, like a basic shear, wet cutting, uh, you can actually still dry cut with a wet shear. Like if you did the open, wide open position and you just slid across the hair uh, with some twitching with the number one, which is the wet cutting shear, uh, you can actually still accomplish that basically. Um, but yeah, the, that adds the third suggestion I would uh, recommend to people. It's the Ichi Nano Sun number one. Number one shear. Dude, that's a, that's a damn good deal. I didn't know you guys did that. Yeah. Um, for anyone, just it's still like a large purchase. It's like well over $1,000. But in yeah. terms of value you're getting, yeah. Uh, I've had clients come to me sharpen their their entire set 
uh, after, I don't know, like 10 years of ownership and they're still going strong. So mm. even though they're like, you know, low cost, the quality and the longevity is still up there uh, with the rest of our, um, you know, quote unquote, higher end products, basically. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And then um, yeah. do you only service Mizutani shears or can anybody send you shears? <laughs> Anyone with any brand shears can send it to me. Uh, there are certain limitations to certain brands and their quality of material. Uh, but f- in a general sense, yeah, I can sharpen other brands. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. All right. Here's where it gets fun. What is, All right. what is the shear? Okay, well, one, let me ask you this first. This is a bit okay. of a divisive question. Uh, do you say shear or scissor? <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, so what I've researched is that um, in Britain, uh-huh. which is you know essentially uh, kind of the origin of our uh, how do you say of English, right? So in my mind, I would kind of venture towards like the true roots of a language. So to make it simple, in Britain or outside of the U.S., they say scissors. In America, they say shears. Just to huh. keep that plain and simple. I've I've had, I was at BarberCon in two thousand and uh, what year was that? 20, 2018 or twenty nineteen? This this barber comes up to me. He says, "Hey, you guys are doing it wrong." I said, "What are you talking <laughs> about?" I said, "It's shears." I said, "But we're called Mizani scissors." And then we just had this little debate, and to me that was just kind of funny. And so it was at that moment that I said, you know, I should just read up a little bit more on this. And that's basically what I found, that, you know, people outside of the U.S., uh, specifically in in, in uh, the U.K., not just Britain, but the U.K., they, they definitely say scissors. Uh, and by that, um, you know, if you're tracing back to history, like, oh, why is Ms. Tani scissors, not Ms. Tani shears? Like, um, when the Japanese culture, they, they, they copied the West, you know, they're definitely looking towards, like, uh, yeah, of course, the U.S., but Shears probably, yeah, I, actually, you know what? I don't know where Shears comes from, or not. I'm not talking about the word, but who invented scissors, right? But in terms of the linguistics of it, they're definitely looking towards the Queen's English, if you will, about, mm-hmm. um, you know, the choice between scissors and shears. Mm-hmm. What do you like to say? <laughs> I mean... I, I I will I will find myself saying both, um, and I don't really keep track of which one I say more. But I'm totally open to using both words since you know feeling a little bit more comfortable in knowing that the rest of the world uses scissors. I'm definitely more comfortable saying scissors without the fear of being judged. <laughs> yeah, it's this whole uh, it's this very, whole very conversation bu- yeah. we had for like what feels like forever, going back and forth between the three of us on oh, what, yeah, we're still what yeah keep on. yeah it's still. Yeah. Uh, Still an open debate. But that uh, was very bipartisan of you, uh, <laughs> Bart. Say what? Uh, I, never mind. Um, oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, wait, sorry. Let, let me ask you guys. Uh, so which one of you guys uses scissors and which, wise, which one of you guys uses shears more? Uh, I think Jacob and I both say shears more, but Patrick's a, a solid scissors guy. Solid yeah. scissors guys. Patrick, why do you use scissors? Because he's for the exact same reason that uh, that you said that it's it's the origin and 
pretty much anywhere outside the United States, they say scissors. I mean, so. it's also because Patrick's uh, one of the Queensmen, you know. No. <laughs> <laughs> not, not the Kingsmen, the Queensmen? No, no, no. Yeah. The Queen. <laughs> the Queen, yeah. Yeah, so whenever you said scissors, uh, in true fashion of a British guy, I guess. Um, <laughs> you know that scene in Mr. Bean where he's in the convertible flicking everyone off? <laughs> that was me when you said scissors. There you go. There, there, there was your moment of pride, huh? <laughs> exactly. So, Vindication. So have you ever gotten uh, a scissor sent to you that was just beyond repair? Like you got this thing and you're like, what am I supposed to do with this? Uh, yeah, well, just yesterday or this earlier this week, I got a Hikari, uh, forgot what the model number or the model name was, but you know, this thing had definitely seen years. I don't, I don't know if it's years or just over sharpening, but the point, like, however it got there, um, it was just beyond saving basically. Mm uh and then you might be asking you might be wondering like oh what what does that mean like how do you know the lifetime is over um when you can't make the entire blades touch um well let me just jump back a little bit so the way that your scissors cut both blades need to be touching otherwise it won't cut it's just gonna fold hair because there's just that gap uh you know and the hair is just gonna like fold over right so if your blades don't contact each other that's that's your result so if you sharp, if you over sharpen, uh, like a certain portion of it, like you're, you're, it, 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 it just eliminates that possibility. Like the only way you get that back is if you bend the crap out of the blade. Uh, a lot of times that will actually break the scissor. Uh, so from my perspective, it's like, I'm not even going to try this because I will probably break your scissor and I don't want to be responsible for that. So yeah. that's, that's just kind of like the thought process there. Um, but, uh, from the technical standpoint of it, if your blades can't touch, you know, your, your scissors done. So what's your response to the customer in that situation? Like it's time for these to go in the shadow box or <laughs> what? Uh, you know, they're free to do whatever it is they're wanting to do with it, hang it up in a picture frame, add it to some, uh, 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 uh scissor throne of some sort um scissor grave uh, <laughs> like the iron drawer. throne uh, but yeah i just thought, like, <laughs> hey, listen, this is this is just uh, beyond saving so you know it's i'm just sending it back to you no charge obviously this this is for you to do what you want bart when when the day comes when my shears have been sharpened for too too long and it, it's time for them to go I, i'm going i'm probably going to have a bur- a burial ceremony for them <laughs> <laughs> 21 gun salute Dude, totally <laughs> the yeah, spirit it, is finally it, it released is, uh, from the blade yeah you know it's, it's essentially your old friend right this thing yeah. has taken you from point a to point b for like years and years and years you know in your guys's uh situation i hope it's definitely going to be decades before that day comes yeah dude me, me too. too i have uh one more question sort of uh tapering us out um I, I took a I, I took a dive on your Instagram. I don't think I found it there. I think it was in your stories, but there was just one picture and it was it was amazing. It was like it was two shears on a table, one small one, and then a very large shear that looks it looks like it has like an entire finger like knuckle guard on it. It looked more like a sword. What is that? 
Uh, it was like this I'm huge shoe. I'm trying to remember which one that is. Uh, so it's like a two... It's a picture with two shears, one really large and one really small. Well, I'm yeah, pretty I, sure I'm one pretty of sure them was like, like a regular size shear and then just like a comically oversized one. Yeah. Uh, ooh. Oh, oh, is it the gold one? The 10-inch yeah. gold shear? Yeah. Oh, I don't even remember taking a picture of that. But yeah, okay, so that one. What it may have been on the Mizutani main page. Sorry, what was that? It may have been on the main page. Oh, the main page. Okay, yeah. So that that is um, that's a ceremonial shear, and Ooh. what which ceremony is it for? Is basically when a sumo wrestler retires, they're supposed to chop off their uh, their ponytail. That is so cool. So yeah, that's what they use the tendon shear. Oh, um, that's uh, awesome. More background on that. Uh, they attempted to make ten. Um, difficulties in making any kind of metal product is the heat treat process, right? Mm -hmm. Um, so if you have an imperfect, uh, piece of metal and you try to heat treat it, the longer it is, the higher the difficulties. You're, you're Mm. more prone to get warpage. Uh, and you know, if, if you kind of dive into like, all right, what makes a good scissor, what properties make a good scissor? One of them is how the blade curves so that it can contact the other blade. So if you don't have a perfect, what's called a blade set or curvature, um, your scissors not going to work properly, right? So imagine trying to make a perfect scissor at five inches, okay, hard enough, and then you move all the way up to ten inches, right? That that process is extremely difficult. So they try to make ten, only three of them uh, pass the final test, and the one you see in the picture, that one is uh, hung up in the Asakusa. Moyo Showroom Store. Um, that's just essentially the name of uh, the Mizutani Scissors Showroom. It's called Moyo. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that one that you see is hung up in uh, that Tokyo Showroom. That's awesome. That's so cool, dude. I love I, I love Mizutani as a company. Yeah. yeah. You gotta go, man. That that place is super cool. Uh, the displays they got on, all the customs they got on display. Uh, downstairs is basically their sharpening room. Um, they essentially... Uh, a lot like me, what I do here is receive the client scissors and then they just sharpen down there. Um, just kind of what five, six days a week. Yeah, um, I have a question. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in talking to other barbers and hairstylists, there's always two brands that got brought up when you're talking about good shears: Mizutani right. and Hattori Hanzo. Generally, like what mm-hmm. what. Uh, you know, what makes Mizutani stand out, in your opinion? Mm. I, when I receive your list of questions, I'm like, all right, how do I maintain a level of civility here? <laughs> <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey dude, just, just go know, for just it. Just tear like, into them. Yeah, just, just send it, man. <laughs> <laughs> um. Be, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll try to give this answer as objectively as I can um, because there's a little bit of emotion behind it. Uh, <laughs> I have dealt with certain, certain uh, uh, opposition. But anyways, what makes us stand out compared to a brand like Hattori Hanzo? Uh, and this is not necessarily 100% my opinion. I've, I've done... Uh, I've looked online and kind of just referenced certain other... 
sources of information that kind of, uh, again, like I don't want to get into that kind of legal stuff. There's definitely a class action suit going on right now. So I don't want to somehow end up getting tied up in it. But to answer your question, uh, there are some uh, legitimate sources of information that are stating that uh, Tori Hanzo is, in fact, made in China. Uh, actually, if you look on the box um, that is surrounding the entire packaging, it says uh, steel source from Japan assembled in China uh, and, you know, packaged in the USA, whatever. Um, if you look at Mrs. Tawny Scissors, handmade in Japan. It's mm. printed on the scissor. That's your bread and butter uh, source of information. If you look at Customs and Border Patrol law, it's supposed any any imported product is supposed to have in plain writing and permanent marking on the product itself country of origin, right? So if you look at any one of our scissors, it's always going to say made in Japan, handmade in Japan. It's, um, so there's no question about that as far as where we come from. Um, as far as craftsmanship, objectively, right? Let's talk objectively the products, right? Uh, we. Mm, what makes because from a design perspective and this is there's no way to dance around it like i work for them this is going to sound biased hey man <laughs> and it, this Be- is an opinion of mine right yeah just In my opinion the fit and finish uh any manufacturing process you're gonna have um the finishing steps or are, are the final details that matter at least from a sharpener's perspective, right? If you have uh, a very low sharpening angle, uh, I might need to explain this a little bit. So sharpening angle uh, essentially determines how aggressive your shears can cut, right? Uh, Just to paint an analogy or a metaphor, imagine a butcher's knife, right? It's really thick and it's the, if if you sharpen it, you're probably gonna sit at about like a 45 degree angle um, if you're looking at a sushi knife, you're sitting closer to around 30 degrees, right? So objectively, if you take a Mizutani scissor, our most, I'm not supposed to say this, but our most aggressive, uh, sharpening angle is between 25 to 30 degrees. So how far are you guys uh, in terms of like visualizing this angle in your head? Pretty, pretty good. You're yeah. doing good. Pretty good? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So just to kind of like further that analogy, like, yeah, we're closer to that sashimi knife at a 30 degree angle compared to a 45, uh, which Hanzo's typically um, uh, start out at uh, or even get sharpened to. I, I've seen work coming out from sharp, uh, Hanzo sharpener and they usually finish it at a 45 degree angle. Um like, what does the sharpening angle really mean? Yeah, it does. I've kind of already mentioned the one things like, yeah, you can sharpen anything at like a really aggressive angle, but how long it'll hold its edge is another story, right? That mm. just kind of stands to the quality of the material to begin with. And secondly, the heat treating process. So you can have like one material, but depending on how you heat treat it, that will determine how long your edge will stay, right? And so I've heard from uh, different testimonials all over, uh, either in person or I've done just kind of online research, like testimonial-wise. Our shears 
on average get sharpened somewhere between six to 12 months, depending on the material, depending on the client, obviously. Uh, Hanzo's average is sitting anywhere between two months and maybe six months. Some people don't sharpen up to a year. So it's not to say that their their edge is for sure not going to last because it seems to be quite a wide range. Our range is a lot more narrow and it actually tends to venture past six months, right? So that's the testimony that I've received. That's uh, that's a testament to the difference in quality for from my point of view. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Damn straight. Yeah. Look, what I like about Mizutani is, um, like you said, they're handmade in Japan. But then you mm-hmm. um, you also posted on your Instagram that they're hand sharpened. Like everything is precise. Everything is muscle memory. Like you don't use a a, a jig to achieve what you're doing that's that's correct yeah 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 that is uh that is craftsman to another level dude that is uh that is awesome that's why i like you guys and you specifically Mm -hmm. is that there's so much passion put into the work that you do um i don't know man i i you know we had a a sharpener come into the shop and he did a bunch of other people at at our shop and and uh, the three of us were like, no, no, thank you. No, thank you. Well, <laughs> we're sending it to Bart. And stuff like that is what puts me at such ease that, yeah. you know, when I send my shears to you, like, that is uh, the best care that I'm going to get for these shears. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, not to, like, super, like, just be like, you're the best, Bart. Bart, Bart, Bart. <laughs> but, but that's, uh, that's yeah. you know. Way, I'm going to appreciate it. So yeah. thank you. Yeah, thank that's, you. A, that's a um, testament thank to your craftsmanship. Yeah. That, thank thank that, you for the work you do. Yeah, that passion, like, comes across, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. I have thank one you. more. Um, and I, I definitely want to, like, uh, reciprocate, like, you know, my appreciation to you guys because, you know, uh, it's not every day I get opportunity to get onto a podcast with individuals who are like, you know, just as passionate in their craft. Um, so definitely big ups to you guys. So thank you guys for, for having me. I really appreciate you guys. Amen. Yeah, you're, you're very welcome. I, I have one more question. I know we're trying to wrap this up. So if, if I'm going down a rabbit hole with no, this question, just feel free to say like, yes, do that or don't do that. Um, and, okay. and leave it at I, mean, that. I, I enjoy nerding out about scissors. Uh, you could you could keep me as long as you want, man. No worries. Go ahead and ask your question. Okay, thank you. Um, yeah. So, I've run across a couple of sources saying that if you strop your shears um, like once a week or like twice a week, that you can hold an edge longer. Uh, what I've never done that, but what's your response to that? Oh, okay, hold on. I thought you said drop instead of strop. <laughs> <laughs> like, Just drop them on the ground. Okay, kind of <laughs> um, let's see here. Uh, I have mixed feelings about that because uh, I, I will need to get technical to really explain my opinion on this. Uh, so when you sharpen shears, yeah, you're definitely going to be honing well, you're going to be honing both sides, right? You're going to sharpen, you're going to shape, you're going to you're going to hone, you're going to polish. Okay, so when it comes to stropping, that's definitely so the, the the terminology of honing and polishing. That's that's just kind of 
uh, a little confusing even to me at some times. But what I want to say is that when you do the inside of your scissor, uh, you need to have a completely flat surface, right? So if you ask any sharpener, when they sharpen the inside of the blade, they put it on a flat stone. And if you don't have a flat stone, that can cause you problems in performance, right? Uh, so for you to strop your blade, yes, like the round side, it t makes total sense. You can just strop it that way. But to strop the other side, you're, it's very minute, right? But you're essentially getting towards the, uh, the, the realm, sorry, I was looking for that word, the realm of rounding out that completely flat surface or edge, right? So like... It, 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 it'll probably work to some degree. Like it probably does work to some degree, but from a theory standpoint, it doesn't sit well with me. Uh, so that's why I don't necessarily um, encourage that. Uh, I will say though that if you do use like a suede cloth to clean your blades, um, I wouldn't necessarily strop it, but I would like, you know, give, a, give the edge a good uh, wipe. Um, that's that's that will definitely uh, elongate the time between sharpenings because you're cleaning uh, any kind of imperfections that are gonna cause roughing of your edge. Um, any any uh, dirt, oils, uh, metal particles, even. Uh, actually, just learned this recently. But if you have a magnetized shear, right, you you're, you're gonna get metal particles sticking to your edge. So that that's mm -hmm. definitely gonna ruin your edge. Uh, but sorry, a little tangent there. Um, to answer your question, from a theory standpoint, I wouldn't do it. Uh, but if it works for you, by all means, it's not going to destroy your edge. Uh, if you are going to strop, do it without any kind of compound. I know there's like stropping compounds out there. There's chromium oxide. There's uh, some diamond paste or whatnot. So definitely I would avoid those because that – that's essentially an abrasive compound. Abrasive compounds will take away material. So you definitely don't want to take away material. If anything, just use plain leather, uh, and then you're just trying to uh, just clean off any remaining metal fibers from use. Um, if you were to do it, plain leather. Yeah, I want to throw this out there. Uh... Anyone out there listening who's thinking about doing this, please just send them to Bart because I've actually tried this on another pair of shears and it didn't really turn out that well. So uh, okay. leave, leave it, <laughs> Good, leave it to the, the professionals. Right there, yeah. Did you use um, Did you use uh, any kind of uh, polishing compound? No, it was actually a vintage strop, and I don't know. I think it was stupid. I shouldn't have done it. Look at look at Mizutani shears. I mean, it's just it's last... only natural to like want to do it right. You just want to get the most out of your shear on right. like a daily or weekly basis. Um, so yeah, no, I, I I did have a guy come up to me at the booth, and uh, I forgot what his exact statement was, but he essentially told me that he stropped his blades before uh, before ever using them. And I'm just like, oh man, this is the first for me. I don't know how to feel about this because you would never. You would never strop your blades. It's not. It's not a double-edged uh, blade, essentially, which mm -hmm. actually can help answer this question a little bit further. Like, if you know anything about knife sharpening, right? Have you guys ever ventured into that or watched any kind of YouTube videos? Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. 
Um, so are you familiar with like single bevel, double bevel edge? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So just for, you know, uh, anyone who's listening, who doesn't understand, um, when you have a sashimi knife, when you see those guys, they're slicing the sushi, that's typically a single bevel or sorry, single bevel. Yeah. Single bevel knife where you have a completely flat side that's hollow ground. And then the other side is like a bit of a round convex shape. Um, but essentially what that comes down to is you wouldn't, you wouldn't strop that single edge or single bevel blade the same way that you would strop a double bevel blade, if that makes sense. So it's essentially that difference that kind of translates to uh, scissors because scissors are essentially two single bevel blades laid on top of each other and opening and closing. So that that essentially is, you know, a reason why you really shouldn't uh, strop, right? So there's that. So what do you rec- um, what do you recommend um, when, you know, between haircuts and at the end of the day, what's the proper care you recommend everyone do? Ooh, to try I love and this get... question. Um, because people typically just throw their stuff in a drawer. Don't do that. <laughs> um, let's see. The recommendation that we have um, is definitely, in today's world, you're definitely going to need to sanitize mm-hmm. if you're not already doing that. Use oh, yeah. isopropyl alcohol, okay. uh, about 70%, or ethanol, uh, which is drinking alcohol. Don't drink it, but <laughs> I don't know. Whatever, it's it's your life. Um, <laughs> you, can, you can use either of those uh, as long as it's like you know rubbing alcohol. Uh, don't use barberside because barberside okay. actually yeah. has chlorides, uh-huh. uh, which essentially will rust your blades. I don't mm-hmm. care how high quality your stainless steel is, it's going to have a chemical reaction from the chloride. So barberside is a no-no. I know people are uh, dipping it in and then just wiping it still. But if you don't oil after that, that's going to cause problems. I'm, mm. I'm actually seeing some clients in uh, uh, a salon today, and they're saying, oh, yeah, we're, we've been dipping uh, and wiping it off right away. I'm like, okay, great. But then the fact that they do it so often, it doesn't matter how quick you do it, the repetition of that in between clients on a daily basis, definitely going to add to the corrosion um, of your shears. And overall, you're going to need sharpening faster, uh, sooner than later. Um, so moving towards what you should do instead of what you shouldn't do, uh, isopropyl alcohol, ethanol, 70%, uh, let it dry. Um, luckily, you know, alcohol evaporates pretty quickly, but, you know, just waft it around a little bit in there and then apply scissor oil. Uh, don't use clipper side. You know, I, I, I mm. actually come across a lot of barbers who will like, oh, you know what? Two birds, one stone. Uh, clipper side. Yeah, clipper side. Yeah, yeah, in the so spray bottle, right? Aero, least, in the, yeah, aerosol the spray can. one. Or the aerosol. Um, can. I see a lot of, I see a lot of barbers use that. Uh, so the reason why you shouldn't use that is because it actually builds up a lot of like gunk. Um, mm. In terms of like its application in a clipper, it's great because it actually adds some layers of uh, buildup of the grease that's in there. But the buildup is not necessarily uh, helpful. For something that's as slow moving of a shear versus like a clipper is like it needs to move really fast like all the time but a, cl- a shear it doesn't need that level of viscosity right so uh what what is really good is 
I'm going to plug Ms. Tani. Uh, <laughs> we've got our own uh, watch oil. Um, so it's really high quality oil. It's actually got stainless steel particles infused in it, uh, which will actually help prolong the edge life of your scissors. Um, but, you know, if you're not trying to spend the $20 on a tube, uh, you can actually use what's called camellia oil, uh, which is actually uh, the Japanese name is subaki oil. Uh, so you can actually find that on Amazon for like uh, like fifteen. Actually, fifteen dollars not cheap either. Sorry, <laughs> but it's essentially a food safe uh, oil that's used for uh, high quality Japanese uh, uh, kitchen knives. So camellia oil is spelled C A M E L I A. For those who are wondering, uh, but if you guys need some, just let me know. Uh, hit me up on Instagram or just give me a call. I'll, I'll hook you guys up. Okay. Sweet, dude. Dude, dude, yeah. I appreciate that. Um, we got a lot of good information. We'd love to have yeah. you on again because we have a million more questions. Yeah, and, uh... yeah. Uh, would you be open to coming on again in the future? Yeah, I, I would love to. Um, dude, what if he said no? <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. No, the answer is yes. The answer is yes. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> okay. Dude, thank you so much. Yeah, there's been so many questions that I've had and almost and actually questions that I forgot and then one of us brought them up and like because there's so much that I don't know and I, I believe there's a lot not known about proper care, handling, buying, usage of shears and this has been really illuminating. Thank you so much for your time and just really getting in the detail. That's what we love about you. That's what we love about your company or the company you work for. And uh, like I said, we'll put your Instagram in the description, but mm-hmm. it's uh, Mizutani underscore Bart. Mm-hmm. Um, or is it Bart Mizutani? No, it's Mizutani oh. underscore Bart. That's my dyslexia. Right? <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Um, yeah, uh, really definitely uh, appreciating the the level of uh, thought put into your questions. Uh, definitely had a lot of fun enjoying um, answering them for you guys. And, you know, for you guys to really understand it just kind of shows me that you guys definitely appreciate, um, you know, good craftsmanship. So it's definitely a mutual respect there. Uh, so, yeah, thanks for making this fun and uh, interactive and uh, hopefully informative uh, for your listeners. Uh, definitely hope uh, my answers weren't too lengthy, uh, but yeah, attention to detail is, is what we strive for, and uh, I appreciate the fact that you guys appreciate those characters, those traits. So thanks, thanks again, dude. Absolutely. Thanks for coming on, dude. Yeah, for sure. Uh, hope to talk to you guys soon. All right, All right man. Yeah, I'll talk to you later. Goodbye. All right, cheers, guys. Bye. Cheers. All right, stay safe. Bye. He hung up. I didn't hang up. Good thing I was recording. Shut up. All right, let's do the intro and outro. All right. <laughs> Thanks for listening. What is up, you guys? <laughs> no, no. You're We're just not creating more that. work for yourself. You are. Now you have to edit this whole outro. I guess. Thanks for listening to the episode. Thanks, uh, Bart, for being on. Uh, it was awesome. Really good dude. Yeah. Um, we have a million more questions and i'm sure you guys listening are too so yeah if you want to give us questions to ask bart uh i mean you could always reach out to him on instagram but um feel or if free. you want to have us read him on the show on, yeah. the, on the next episode we have him on 
just as DM us on Instagram or tweet at us at um, on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or hit up Bart and invest <laughs> in your career. Exactly. Um, as always, thanks for listening. Uh, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps us out. It helps us out a lot. Yeah. We're, you know, we're trying to uh, climb the tops of that <laughs> that. Bar- barber podcast uh the barber podcast ladder. ladder it's a uh it's a it's a short ladder but <laughs> but there's not a lot of rungs and there's other people on yeah, it yeah people so. that just don't it doesn't make sense for them to be on it because they're not about barbering but you know that's <laughs> wow, neither dude, here Eddie, nor there look, Eddie, opening look, up a look, big look, old look. porch umbrella just throwing shade all look, over the place not, they're not barbers. Listen. Um, Whoa, my gosh. <laughs> the controversy. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. The controversy. <laughs> That's wrong. Dude, you're going to get canceled. You're going to get canceled. Please don't cancel me. <laughs> um, as always, we want to thank uh, William Sport Bowman um, for giving us a discount code to give to you guys. If you go on the website and use the code STEADY, that's all caps, S-T-E-A-D-Y, at checkout, you get 15% off your first order. Yeah, don't forget, guys, game recognizes game. Invest in yourself, you know? Yeah, so head on over to Williamsport Bowman. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, yeah, just let them know we sent, well, I guess the code. No, let them know. Let Let them know (laughs) who sent you. <laughs> yeah, dumb. Um, yeah, man. Thanks for listening. We had a lot of fun with this one, yeah. and uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it. But that's it. Say goodbye. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs>